Father, we would thank you, loving God, tonight for Jesus. Lord, what would like to simply be without him? Lord, there's times when I simply stand amazed in your presence. Lord, wondering how you could love me, a sinner condemned and unclean. And yet in Christ, I am loved beyond all knowledge. I thank you, loving Father, tonight that by the time we may feel that we're not of much worth, Yet to you, loving God, we are of great value because of Christ and Christ alone. Pray, loving God, as we take time to think about, about Jesus, about the cross, pray, loving God, that your Holy Spirit would begin to work in hearts, Lord, either for salvation or correction or whatever you desire, Father. Lord, we come to you. We look to you, Father, and pray, Lord, you would draw near and be with us. Lost it in Christ's name and for his sake. I'm going to read from uh, Zechariah in the Old Testament. It's chapter 12, verse 10. It's the second last bit of the Old Testament that I'll give you a helping hand. Well, the book's not always easy to find, but it's towards the very end. Zechariah chapter 12. Reading verse 10 right through to the end of chapter 13. God's verse says, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. And I will pour out upon the house of David, upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplication. They shall look upon me, whom they have pierced. They shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. And shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is in bitterness for his fortune. In that day shall there be great mourning in Jerusalem, as the mourning of Hadan Ramon in the valley of Megiddon. And the Lamb shall mourn in every family apart, the family of the house of David apart, their wives apart, the family of the house of Nathan apart, and their wives apart. The family of the house of Levi apart, and their wives apart. The family of Shimei apart and their wives apart, all the families of Ramean, every family apart and their wives apart. Chapter 13. In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and foreign kings. It shall come to pass. In that day, said the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land. And they shall no more be remembered. And also I will cause a prophet and the unclean spirit to pass out of the land. And it shall come to pass. The Benai shall yet prophesy then his father and mother, that the Catholics shall say unto him, Thou shalt not live. For thou speakest lies in the name of the Lord, and his father and his mother, that begat thee, shall cross him through and he prophesied. It shall come to pass in that day. The prophet shall be ashamed every one of his vision. When he hath prophesied, neither shall he wear a rough garment to deceive. And he shall say, I am no prophet. I am a husband man, a farmer, for man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. One shall say unto him, What are these wounds in mine hands? And he shall answer those with which I was wounded. 
in the house of my friends. A vital sword against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow, says the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. It shall come to pass that in that all the land, saith the Lord, two parts thereof shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire, we will find them as silver is refined, and will try them, try them as gold is tried, and they shall call my name, and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people. They shall say, the Lord is my God. The last three chapters of Zechariah, we only read a small portion for time's sake, but the last three chapters of Zechariah contain many references to the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation that he provides. Chapter 12 and 10 would say the one they pierce. We know how they pierce Christ on the cross. Chapter 13, 1 to 6 speaks about cleansing from sin. Chapter 13, 7 to 9, the shepherd who will be struck and the sheep scattered. Chapter 14, and you, won't, you can read it, it talks about the Lord's coming and reign. But I want to concentrate Sunday tonight on Zechariah 12, 10, 30, verse 6 of Zechariah 13. There are two clear points within that. Israel's repentance and God's provision for forgiveness. Israel's repentance. Here we have God's chosen people. People who were religious in every sense of the word, who sought to follow God's law, who regarded themselves as being beyond God's judgment because they were the children of God after all. But they were about to get a, a wake-up call. When you consider their relationship with God, things looked bad. They were always mourning, complaining. Some things never changed in life, do they? But they were always mourning and complaining. Always running after false gods of other nations, turning their backs on God. But when things were bad, when trouble came, and there are against some hypocrisy, they turned to the Lord, the God of heaven. Yes, all other gods, until things get bad, but then turn to God when things are bad. But they were never satisfied with what God gave them. See, it's so true of mankind that we're never satisfied in so many ways. They say we course sometimes, um, I remember usually when I say mission, I'm satisfied with uh, a little cottage below, a little sovereign, a little role, and more societies. We're never satisfied with these little things. We always want more, no matter what God would get to us. In our readings, God mentions things like idols, false prophets, false shepherds, the spirit of impurity or sinfulness. It was a sad time for Israel, like a mirror image of their past. Things never changed and it was so easy to condemn them and yet I wonder, do we have a time to leave them? He speaks of idols. But the Israelite was made out of wood, stone or perhaps gold. And I wonder tonight what is your idol? Made of. 
metal, brick, flesh, gold. Metal could be a car, some people treat cars like it's a god and one day they dirty the car or touch it in any fashion. Some people when it comes maybe for a house and a bigger brick, uh, the house is so spot on in every way. Nothing necessarily wrong with that as long as it doesn't become your idol. For flesh, you think of people sometimes on social media, people strive to be like others and people who are in the news, they want to be them and they worship them as idols. Because gold, I think, is quite straightforward and people do worship gold in so many ways. I don't know if you remember, but Dad's Army on TV one night, there's a guy called Fraser. He's an undertaker. And he was sitting one night uh, at his desk and he bought another gold sovereign. as well. He was counting the gold sovereigns he had collected over the years. Somebody locked the door and he virtually fell off the seat in panic. But it was the look on his face that really caught me how he worshipped this golden image in front of him, golden sovereigns. The guy John Murray, who was a tremendous actor, played the part so well. Sometimes people become like that in gold, money, finance rules their life. False prophets, false shepherds. The Israelites only listened to the prophets who told them what they wanted to hear. The prophets who told the truth were signs. I wonder tonight, what words do your ears itch for? Second Timothy 4 and 3 and 4, you may be home, speaks about itching ears. Verse 4 says, And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, shall be turned unto fables or myths. I wonder, is it the words of Satan which says in your ear, Don't listen to what's being said, turn away from it? You'll have to give up this, you'll have to do that. Or do you hear the words of Christ? Which do you follow because you will follow one or the other? Some will play maybe with phones, I've seen it happen before, rather than listen to the sermon. If the sermon's that bad, I can understand, but some people believe in cut their fingernails. Uh, one woman, I can tell you for a fact, uh, took out a grip and changed her ears. And I can tell you after fact, I sat behind her, not in this church, in the Holy Church. Changed her ears, and honestly, it was God's back. I don't know where had her slap in the ear. What to do? I mean, children back to the office. Um, couldn't believe. You know, as that God's word, I that's what it means to you, my friend. You shouldn't it. If you're so far away and don't want to hear what God is saying, don't be clean out your ear with a grip anyway in that regard. Do your ears long for the words of salvation? When you walk in the world, and you can remember how much this world was 49 years, uh, say this December, I can remember walking in the world. And I had no time, never was in church, to go to church and to do with church. Then I went to my parents. Until the age of 19, and I went to the Free Presbyterian Ballamina to tell them it was going to help if they show up and spell asking to them and bite And suddenly my ears were open to the truth of God's word. And that's how it is when you hear God's word and in the words of Christ. When you hear him saying to you, come, you do not ignore him. You come and, and want to be saved. 
He speaks about a spirit of impurity or sinfulness. Is your life a mess? Is your life clogged up with sin, past and present? Maybe it's like a massive weight upon your shoulders. And I know when I can think back what it was like. Because I had a tremendous fear of death at that time just starting before the scene. Just a dream. And the dream I woke up in a coffin. And being claustrophobic, claustrophobic. That's not a good place to think about. Just to wake up in a cold sweat. When Christ came into my heart, never had that dream since. Because the, the grave is not the end. That weight was taken off my shoulder like that. Tonight, if you're, if you're outside of Christ, that weight can be taken from your shoulders. Or are you self-righteous? Could be the worst position to be in if things being self-righteous. If you feel you're okay, and maybe you think to yourself, well, I don't sound wrong. Because you do. First John 1 and 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is God in us. And God was going to deal ever so severely with the children of God because of their sin. He will bring them to their knees and into the place of repentance. Maybe tonight, maybe how it has to be with you. And that God has to bring you to that place, to your knees and to the place of repentance. Israel's repentance is there. But there's God's provision for righteousness or cleansing. The fountain of cleansing, mentioned in verse 1, chapter 13, to cleanse them from sin and impurity. Sin is simply the transgression of the law. Impurity simply means uncleanness, especially where ritual or sexual impurity was concerned. Sin is the reason man is excluded from God's presence. Ever since the Garden of Eden, the sin entered the world, the world through man's disobedience. The only comforting thing is, all of sin. Not one person is different. We're all infected by this disease, whether rich or poor, whether you're intelligent or not, religious or not, no matter what your color. We're planted by the same disease of sin. This disease is fatal, both physically and spiritually. Man is a sinful being. You cannot live a life free from sin. When you're saved over a period of time, there comes a point back in my, in my life where I actually thought I wasn't really sinning or doing or putting sin after a lot of years. Then after a lot more years, when I look back, I suddenly realize what an idiot. You because know, now you realize you've been a sinner actually am. And that's how it is. We are sinners in the sight of the Holy God. We're bothered by that same disease, no matter what we do. So what is man to do in this situation? I wonder what are you going to do tonight? There's a thing coming up in my head and I think a man or read during the week about a sundial. I don't know where it's ever been in summer, but the sundial is not the best timekeeper in the world. But there's an inscription that says, or I can remember, it's later than we think. You know, as Christian or non-Christian, sometimes you think, oh, well, I've tell you a time, my friend, I want to tell you, it's later than you think. 
And the time of salvation is always here and now. Never next week, next month, the next year. What are you going to do if God calls you from this scene of time? God's answer to man's hopeless condition is a fountain filled with blood. William Piper wrote this hymn, we'll be saying that God will at the end. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty scheme. Brother Hunt said, Blessed be the fountain of blood, to a world of sinners revealed. Blessed be the dear Son of God, only by His stripes are we healed. Though I wandered far from His soul, bring to my heart pain and woe. Wash me in the blood of the Lamb, and I shall be whiter than snow. God has provided the way to take away the power and the penalty of sin to restore man unto himself. God did it all. We only have to come and accept. And in reading the purpose of the fighting was to cleanse the children of Israel and Calvary is obviously for us today. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. Revelation 5 and 9 says, And he sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe, language, and people, and nation. That is what Christ has done. That's why we celebrate communion on a Sunday morning in remembrance. The story is told, I believe it to be a true story, of a Jewish man who believed that Israel had the only true religion because of the blood sacrifices in the Old Testament. He wondered why these sacrifices were absent in the ritual he practiced. Rabbi told him that God is angry with us. An Islamic boss stands on the, on the spot where sacrifices are to be made according to Deuteronomy 12. And the Rabbi said, as far as I'm aware, it still does according God is angry. But one night in Constantinople, this Jewish man saw a sign announcing a meeting for Jews. Curiosity got the better of him and he went in accordingly. As he sat down, he heard the man say, The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. First John 1 said. He listened breathlessly as the speaker told of Jesus, the Lamb of God, who has sent his blood. For the remission of sins. Later he testified, he said, I have found the blood of atonement at last. It's the blood that sets you free. Zechariah 13 1. On that day a fountain was opened. What day? For the church of Sunday, what we know is Good Friday. Of the crucifixion of Christ on the cross, a day when Christ was in complete control. Nothing happens except. That which God had ordained. Don't ever let anybody tell you anything different. Nothing ever happens unless God ordains it accordingly. Matthew 15 and 37 says, Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. No one took it from him. He gave up, gave up the ghost. John 10 and 18, No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Totally, absolutely in control. And that fountain speaks of fullness. 
This fountain can never run dry. Look at the world, there's nothing on the news today. A number of places in California, China, uh, and their cause of drought, because of uh, massive heat, um, the places beginning to burn up accordingly. There's a great lack of water. Some places are getting flooded. But here's a fountain that can never run dry. In July 2018, there were rivers in England that nearly ran dry. But one in particular simply disappeared due to the lack of water. Even reservoirs and lakes and wells were beginning to dry up during that drought. Something I can assure you this company need not worry about when you saw it again during the afternoon. There's no chance of anything drying up here. But here's a fountain that can never dry up. It cannot be exhausted. There is no limit to its supply. It speaks of fullness, it speaks of sufficiency. God's mercy and grace is sufficient to forgive your sins. Sometimes people feel that God will, God could not forgive my sin because the sin is so great. I feel I want to tell you something, that's nonsense. The blood of Christ is sufficient to cover all sin. All sin. When you were going into the tabernacle, there was a layer or a basin that was found just inside, or just outside the tabernacle. It was there to wash the hands and feet of those who came seeking forgiveness. But it only symbolized cleansing and outward observance. But it had to be refilled, it had to be redone to the next person coming in, or the next time you came back. But this fountain, this fountain of blood drawn from the mind of his being, never has to be refilled. Once was enough, and it is enough when you come to Christ. Your claims, past, present, and even future. The sin is in your life. 1 John 1 and 7 With the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son cleanses us from all sin. And the fountain speaks of openness. The fountain will be opened, is opened. There will be a time when that fountain will close when Christ comes again and he breaks the cloud. But at this moment, time is open. It's been opened and will remain open until God decides accordingly. And time's up. But remember this, the fountain is open now for you. Today, or tomorrow could be closed, could be too late and you will not miss your opportunity to be saved. God says, my spirit will not always strive with man. If God's Holy Spirit is not, does not strive with you, you'll never get saved. And so when God's Holy Spirit comes in and convicts you of sin in your life, Salvation comes about. By the blood and through the blood of Jesus, that is how we know salvation. No other blood will do. Not the blood of those or goats, but the blood of Christ Jesus our Lord. The story is told again, I'm not sure if just if it's a true story, it could be the tones you'll understand. A woman phoned her pastor in a panic. She was at her wit's end. Her son was recovering from a serious illness. He would die without a blood transfusion. But he had a rare blood type. They tried all their family, their friends, and had no joy whatsoever. And she phoned the pastors.
to the church hut in some way, maybe to see if anyone might have that time. He rounded up as many as he could from the church and he went to the hospital. At the testing, only one match was found and was the pastor. And even though he was the priest that night, that was more important, obviously, to give the blood. The story goes, it goes that the young lad was ashen grey and his lips, his lips pale. But halfway through, they could see an improvement, and when it was over, the change was remarkable. The young lad was saved, and physically speaking, and the pastor made his preaching engagement on time. But the key was that no other blood would do for that child. When it comes to salvation, no other blood will do. Nothing in your life will ever take the place of the blood of Christ himself. The fountain was opened from eternity past. God planned the cure in eternity past for the disease of sin that broke upon the world. God's provision met the need before the need of God. And he opened the fountain for all the world, regardless of race, color, creed, rich, poor, young, old. God opened that fountain for everyone. And he opened it for you tonight, my friend. It's up to you. If you hear God's voice, don't listen to the voice of Satan telling you, oh, put it up to tomorrow, next week. Ignore that voice. But listen to the voice of Christ. If he's calling and if he's speaking, come. Why that opportunity is there for you. Let's pray to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you, loving God, that you have provided a way for man to be saved, to be cleansed from his sin, and to know what forgiveness is through the blood of Jesus. Yet, Lord, how often mankind ignores your offer of mercy. I pray, loving God, tonight that if anyone in here or online, Lord, wherever, if they're listening and hear your voice, Father, speaking to you, that may simply call upon you. Like Peter, Lord save me, I know Peter was saved, Lord, Lord save me, it's that simple. To cry out to God to confess our sin and to accept that offer of mercy. Lord, hear our prayer tonight and be with us. We ask that in Christ's name and for our sake. Amen.